this guy gasses out after four rounds. We already know he can't take body shots. We already know he's been knocked out with a right and left hook. <laughs> we already know this, that any athletic fighter he's come, about, come up against, he has problem. Andre Ward can't punch like Anthony Yard. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> Andre Ward ain't got, listen to what I'm telling you. Andre Ward does not have the skill set of Anthony Yard. I'm telling you. I ain't got no Andre Wood. I, I heard Andre Wood talking about it's gonna be, um, <laughs> he's gonna have to go through fire. No, you have to go through fire, Mr. Wood. <laughs> we ain't going through no fire. You, we're gonna make this thing. After this fight, people are gonna have to come up with a new thing to talk about. A new reason why, you know, uh, or what he should be tested. We ain't getting tested on nothing. And welcome to the Nose Boxing Podcast. With me, Andy White, and with me today, Mr. Martin Theobald. Yo! <sighs> How's your weekend been? It's alright. Busy sorting out bedrooms and shit. And uh, yeah, just busy, busy. So and looking far. for Tunde Hajahi videos. Sorry, how do you pronounce that? I don't know. Tunde Hajahi? Ajay. Ajay. No, no, I mean looking <laughs> for them. That just sprung to mind. Um, we've done so much testing on this today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've not had this many tests since still, your, your uh, army days when you were sent to the clinic, have you? <laughs> yeah. still, still didn't get the name right. <laughs> Although, that is a callback to our mo- more historic listeners to when I used to pronounce every single name wrong. Yeah, whereas now you just swerve names. It's not that you've now got them right. It's I more that... I adapt to my environment with the tools that I got. Yeah, yeah. You, know no, you have done well with it. <laughs> just, <laughs> Who's that boxer again? Rather than tackle the problem, you just <laughs> drive around the problem. Yeah. You know, that is what most of humankind's history is all about. Admirable. Um, Adapt to the solution. So you've been, what did you say you were doing, sorry? Nah, just DIY stuff. DIY stuff has pretty much been my weekend so far. So, because for you, if you'd like have to paint the bedrooms, that's a week's job. Because there's like 10,000 bedrooms for 10,000 children in your house. It's not refugee centre. <laughs> most of them belong to me. Most? <laughs> One's in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure, but you do live near a school, so... So, you've got the Fritzel room this weekend, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's uh, just been... It's so hot as well, you know, when you're like... I'm taking a bed apart, and I'm building a new bed, and I'm in this bedroom that... I can't even open the windows, because our little kitten's not allowed out yet. Oh, God. And so, yeah, it's like doing this in a sauna. Oh, man, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. How's yours? Uh, my sister got married on Thursday, which wouldn't normally be considered the weekend, um, but... You've extended the weekend. I have indeed, so that was that was good. Um, not the sisters that Terry used to uh, take a fancy to, but... No. Not to say he wouldn't with this one as well. Yeah, of course. Additional sisters to yeah. the yeah. Terry love programme. Just because they haven't yet met the filter. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm pretty certain... They're, 
I don't have enough that I'd I'd want to gamble on on Terry on Terry taking a liking to them because an infinite amount of possessions I could double I could double everything I yeah. got. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, went to I get this right up in so I'm up in Telford, which is. Um, that Midlands way, is it? Yeah, it's like north of Birmingham, yeah. I think. It's past Birmingham, regardless. So it's north Birmingham. Two drinks, £9.50. How does that work? I'm paying London prices in Telford. Were you, you were at a wedding, though? Yeah. Ah, they got you by the balls there, didn't they? Yeah, it was so... It's when you need a hip but it was like this. It was like this really nice country house in the middle of an industrial estate. You'd be you'd be livid if you just had this in nice like country house, and then they went. Oh, by the way, around you, we're going to build like the Toys R Us distribution centre. Yeah, right? The Midlands is just an industrial estate anyway, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> okay, that's alienated half our listeners. Shout out to the Midlands. Yeah, doing Terry's job for him now that he's gone. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Midlands. Anyone in Birmingham, I like your uh, science centre that's there. I can't remember what it's called. It's an amazing place. Oh, that's called backpedalling. <laughs> no, that's in an industrial centre as well, though, pretty much. <laughs> um, so, we have not a massive amount to get through, but some very important stuff, he says, tapping on the one thing that he considers the, the one thing, thing. which... But it's going to deliver some comedic value, at least, isn't it? Do we need to start with that? Nah. Okay. I've got one Maybe. of them printed out. Oh, he's fucking printed. Oh. That was the test of the, the printer, but... Anyway, it's printed stuff. Really isn't worth your time listening to this. So let's talk about what you have come here to listen to. The most for. prepared Andy's ever been for a podcast is because we've got some badges. <laughs> we'll come on to that later. Oh, by the way, I saw these badges the other day. The way that Martin described them is exactly right. Oh, they're, they're <laughs> they are. Well, there are some listeners that have got hold of them. I need to get, uh, oh, need really? to get their feedback. No, we hadn't had a review yet. No, I know David McGinley has got his. I, I messaged him about it. Um, he was impressed with them. Said his his Tinder matches have gone up 328% since he's had hold of his badge. <laughs> so specific. Um, our French promoter, he was happy, wasn't he? I've no idea. I haven't got his address yet, so I haven't sent it. No, with the fact oh, that he was sorry, made Oh, yeah, Adam Norris, yeah. Um, yeah, Adam Norris, I need your address, message me. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, it's ready, he's there to go. So, as we said before, it is about um, giving us a good, valid reason why you should be the promoter for, and we will run through the remaining countries we have left, etc., etc. And there have been some tremendous reasons yeah, which as to will, why you deserve We will also read out. But to start there with... There's a high bar to reach. Would you want to start off with Kovalev Yard or Loma Campbell? No, nah, let's go Kovalev Yard. Let's okay. hit the. Uh... Well, <clears throat> you know, I actually did watch this fight. Yeah. See, when you text me this last night, I just assumed your skybox was broken or something. <laughs> Stuck. Yeah. Why can't I turn this over? And McKenna was like, well, don't worry, you'll be able to talk about it in the book. I was like, that's not what I do, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to go out. Yeah. Um, but, right, okay, so I, I tell you what. As we've done before and when I've watched a fight, I'll tell you how I thought it went, and then you, you give before me... Before you get onto that, let's get onto the best thing about the night. Those Which... ring walks. Oh, I didn't actually see them. Oh, of course No, you no. I, fli- I was flicking through um, the BT Sport had it on um, on demand after it had played. Oh, uh, got I was, yeah. So I just literally spun it right to the, to the okay. beginning. Nah. Yard comes out. 
to, and I don't know if you've seen about this during the week, Yard uh, was tweeted by The Rock. Because he was saying, basically, <laughs> right. like when he wins on Saturday night, he's going to stand up on the ropes and do that Rock's pose. Um. And The Rock had tweeted him, like, yeah, go on, brother, do it or whatever. And so he comes out to, if you smell what The Rock is <laughs> cooking. Yeah, so he comes out to that. And then, like, it turns into a piece of music. Like, super confident. Like, props to Yard on that. It was... You know, there might have been this uh, fear that he might have frozen a la Tony Bellew when he went and fought Adonis Stevenson over in Canada. Like, it could have been like that. It could have been that he never really was in the zone or the mood or whatever. And I think when we saw that ring walk, we immediately knew this wasn't going to happen. Like, there was enough about Yard mentally, the fortitude that he was there that night. He was in Russia. He turned up. He wasn't wilting under the pressure. But anyway, go on to the fight. Your your side. Um to start with, I was I was really impressed with um the way that Kovalev just managed the beginning of the fight. I thought he I thought he did really well just sort of um uh, what's the word? Uh, manage like ring generalship. Yeah, or, um, and uh, almost like ushering made yard, yard take it. the outside of the ring. Yeah, and and sort of came forward on him constantly. Um, but it seemed almost like uh, what do you call those things on pianos? That, you know, uh, metronome. Yeah, <clears throat> it's, as as the as the fight wore on, it's almost like. That clip we played at the beginning, where he said that um, uh, Tunde Ajay <laughs> said that um, Kovalev couldn't cope with um, athletic fighters or whatever, it looked like that was turning out to be the case, and it seemed to swing towards Yard's way, and that Kovalev was out on his feet. And I just remember I was sitting with um, a mate, and I said, like, as Yard's trying to finish Kovalev off it's like oh if he doesn't finish him off now I feel like Kovalev's gonna you know if Kovalev Kovalev can recover in that corner and that could be it because Yard just well I'm talking about the eighth round now towards the end of that round maybe Kovalev was there for the taking I don't know all I do know is that Yard might as well have had my arms because that's all he seemed to be able to throw just like just absolutely nothing behind them. Um, and then it was almost like round nine, Kovalev did just enough to recover. It was almost a bit like when... Um, it reminded me a bit of Joshua when he got taken apart by Klitschko and then he had those couple of rounds just enough to stay in there and then came back. And then Kovalev just seemed to go, right, okay, I'll see this through. And that, well, he also finished him off in the 11th round. So I... Um, yeah, that that was my that was my very basic take yeah. on it. What what do you think? We're gonna have to approach this in multiple ways, I think, aren't we? It's, um, I'll generalize. You can't compartmentalize. <laughs> yeah. So I was surprised that it wasn't until the fourth, maybe fifth round, until Yard started to throw that left hook into the body of Kovalev. Was that like a confidence or? 
I don't know. That... He just he didn't use it at all until about that time. Um, now I was impressed that Yard had the confidence to stick to his um, skill set that we've seen because it would have been so easy for Yard to go out and shell up and like he's beaten up all these bin men over the years. It would have been so easy for him to suddenly lose that confidence, knowing that he's fighting someone of a higher caliber. But he kept that left hand low, the shoulder across, mm. that defence um, off of the shoulder, the, the Mayweather-esque yeah, shoulder did, roll. That reminded me of, actually. Yeah. Um, and to keep that left hand down, like it would have been a lot easier for him to change that, knowing how strong the Kovalev jab was. And that like, Kovalev jab was the key to the fight, the whole fight. It won the fight, basically. It was. Well, it did, uh, actually. No, and I don't mean that just right. in terms of the finish, but it dictated the whole fight. And the lack of a yard jab was to his detriment and probably was one of the main reasons why he didn't win. So I'm impressed that Yard had the confidence to stick with what he knew and not feel the need to change it because of the level he was fighting at. I thought that was quite impressive. Um... But yeah, you were right. The first few rounds, first four rounds, five rounds maybe, Kovalev was able to move Yard where he wanted him almost, like a, a puppet on yeah. a string almost. Um, and whether this was Tundi's game plan, you know, that clip at the beginning, I'm not so, I'm not playing that clip to take the piss out of Tunde for, you know, yeah, he made some brash statements beforehand. We're going to come on to that, I think, later on. But... Um, What what I'm struggling with out of it is that Tunde's talk and Tunde's philosophy and Tunde's raison d'etre is about his System 9. So System 9 is his way of teaching that he harps on about. It's Does his, that mean anything or is it just the, the branding he's given it? It's the branding he's oh, given okay. it. So his, his philosophy is that he's got this System 9, which is basically his way of coaching. Every coach has their way of coaching. His is self-branded System 9. Right. In his words, you can't complete System 9. It's almost like a, a universe that's forever expanding. And he's writing System 9 into a book that one day you know, he's going to release and the whole world will change because of Brilliant. it. Sounds like Scientology at this point, but go on. Yes, agree. <laughs> um, and you know, with System 9, you can't lose at boxing. Like If you've got System 9, and that's what Yard has been taken through, but oh. you can lose at boxing. Clearly, it turns out you can. Mm. Now, that's what is System... shock. No one really knows what System 9 is apart from Tunde. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he lost, because... He hadn't completed it yet. He hadn't completed you can't complete. the incompletable, and yeah. therefore that's why. If you complete it, then you can't lose. But unfortunately, you can't complete it. That, <laughs> so you're uh, always vulnerable. It, yeah. Um, you're always vulnerable. <laughs> so if you're going to make these wild, outlandish statements, not in the context of the next fight you've got coming up, but in the context of generalization, that I, as a coach, have this system which makes a fighter unbeatable and is such a boxing, a sport-changing system. If the first real test comes up that you've got for a fighter and he loses, then that system is flawed. Clearly it's flawed. Um, so part of that system nine is quite holistic in terms of there's no running for fighters very little sparring the pads are those you know the pad works that you see with them where it's pretty much Tunde doing 50% and Yard doing 50% of the work 
Um, let's say very little to no sparring, apparently. I'm not sure I'll buy that, but whatever. Um, this is all part of the, the System 9 approach. You could see that perhaps Yard needed that harder sparring. Yard needed to go to those horrible places without having to do that against Kovalev. Without the first time, perhaps, or one of the first times, being that he's in with Sergei Kovalev, a man who's shown over the years he's got the ability to take people out. He's got that killer instinct about him. He's got that ability to know when you're hurt and go for the finish. But we need to put all this into context of if round eight had been slightly different, we could be talking about this result in a completely different way. We could be talking about system nine as being the answer and the solution. Well, in the- that, that's what I, sorry to cut you off, but I, that's what I find mildly frustrating about clips like that at the beginning is they are, in some ways, they're a bit like gambles. Yes. And so you've you said all that as a precursor. And if Yard had won, which, you know, generally at this level of sport, there are fine margins. If he'd won, it would have almost been doubling down. Like, this is the greatest thing in the history of the sport. And I've told you all, you didn't believe me, you yeah. know, and sort of, you know, really. We would not have heard thick. the end of it. Yeah. Um, whereas now, I, su- I suppose you have to try and not let it go the other way, which means that it's an absolute load of twaddle because whatever this System 9 is, it meant that Yard went toe-to-toe with Kovalev mm. for 11 rounds. I think what we need to also contextualise is that he was losing on every card and yeah. he was losing by, I think, two rounds and Well, they said that in the commentary rounds. I watched that at round eight, whilst Yard's trying to put Kovalev to bed, they're like... They said, he has lost every round so far, but Anthony Yard is... Now, whether that is the case... He, or... he didn't lose every... Like, the cards right. were published. He, it was closer. It was, like, right. maybe three rounds between them at the end of the fight, which is closer than I would have it. And yeah. I'm I'm shocked by that. In Russia, I'd have thought they could reasonably have had it ten rounds to one at that point. Like, give him the eighth. Given the hometown advantage and all that. So, I was surprised by how close those cards were. Um... But it's not to disparage everything about Tunde's way of training Anthony Yard because he's taken this young man who was trained by Tony Sesse up until the age of 19, 20, something like that. And then Tunde's taken him on and with, as we know, very little amateur experience, taking him through these um, formative fights, a professional, to a point where he did not disgrace himself in any way against Sergei Kovalev. He didn't necessarily look out of place. There were some fundamentals that were lacking. Such as? A jab. A jab. Like, I think he hit 5% of his jabs from round 5 to 11, something like that. Like, that's not good enough. Uh, Explain that statistic. Uh, He hit... He connected with... Oh, with with only 5% of what he threw. All right, okay. Mad. And Did he didn't throw a, that many I'm anyway. Right. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah. Um, and so, look, we can't throw Tunde under the bus for all of this because this is a man approaching the sport in a different way. Like, I'm not saying it's a revolution upon training, but, you know, if he's got a bit of out-of-the-box thinking about him, then it's clearly got some benefits to be able to get Yard to that 
I'm not saying that position in terms of getting him to WBO mandatory, because we all know that was bollocks. <laughs> we all know that was bollocks. Uh, what? But to actually get that young man into the ring with Kovalev and put up as good a, a performance as perhaps most of his other opponents have managed and trouble him as badly as he did in that eighth. And maybe that was the game plan. Maybe that was let Kovalev gas himself out. They clearly knew that Yard's got a chin on him. We never knew that. We as fans never knew that because we haven't seen him hit that often. Um, and he took some punishment. Fuck me, did he? Uh, yeah. Fuck me. Like, fair play to him because... He was taking right. He was eating that jab all night. And when I say about those fundamentals that were missing, defense would be one of them, because yeah. as much as he was using that shoulder roll and the the right paw to bring the the jab down, yeah. he wasn't always that effective with it. And he was taking and that Kovalev he when he triples up the jab, sometimes all three of them were hitting. Not Some, always. You do see that sometimes with fighters. Uh, David Allen is the one that immediately springs to mind. It's almost like because they've got a granite chin, they think to themselves, well, I, I might as defending. well take them. Yeah, yeah. Saves my arms coming up. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah, just, but you could see the eye of Yard, the left eye by the end of the fight, was showing the, the signs of a man who hadn't dodged too many jabs. By the time he went down, I thought to myself, it was almost like they said to him beforehand, right, Yard, Anthony, you can take... 250 punches in the face before you go down. But 251, you're in trouble. You are gone. It doesn't matter how hard they are. He could stand there hitting you freehand in the face 250 times. You will go down. But if then he sort of brushes you with his glove, and it was just the most innocuous of punches throughout the fight. It must have been, if I had to grade the level of savagery of the punches that he took that would have been in the bottom third yes. the one that put him down yeah. but look I mean that was pure exhaustion that yeah, was pure I mean, clearly yeah. you know that was a cumulative effect because of, when he went down he went down yeah he was on his like a, a turtle that had rolled onto its shell when he, he was <laughs> yeah, he's gone um, but look, for how much punishment he'd taken in that fight we'll come on to that again right, in yeah, a bit sorry I've, um, I've brought you forward right now but yeah, there are the fundamentals. That ability to... And it's clear that he wants to use footwork over upper body movement. I think that's part of his defensive chain, his defensive strategy. It didn't really work well enough. Um, the attacks didn't come fluently enough, didn't come often enough. Um, which I think the general consensus for the fight, we discussed it last week, is to have a very good chance he would have to go early to the body start taking the energy out of Kovalev. Um, because Kovalev's proven to be a 12-round fighter. Yard isn't proven to be a 12-round fighter. To this day, to this day, he's still not done 12 rounds. Um, Kovalev has. Kovalev's been that distance. We know, you know, yes, he did show signs of gassing by... It was the seventh round, wasn't it? You could start to see yeah. he was slowing down. It was... He was starting to retreat. He wasn't the bully in there anymore. Yard was start, And that was after two or three rounds of digging to the body, digging to the body, those left hands. Yeah. And that opened up the right hand for him as well. So you could start to see the general benefit of letting his hands go more and more often. And then that eighth round, fuck, like, he proved that he had power. He proved that he had accuracy. He proved that he had heart, determination, skill, he chased Kovalev. He chased a man that has done damage to so many people. 
and Kovalev ran from him. So look, let's credit Yard with that. The fact if that round had another 30 seconds, it was over. The fight was over. It was almost unlucky. Like, but Kovalev showed the nous and the ring wear with all to be able to hold and yeah. stop what was going on. Um, See, I just felt I just felt like Yard just ran out of gas in that eighth round. Yeah, so you cut to the end of the eighth round and you've got Buddy McGirt, the guy we interviewed on this podcast, um, not that long back. A man who's recently been through very personal tragedy as a trainer where his fighter he pulled his fighter out of the fight. Um, he had to convince his fighter to let him pull him out, basically. But said, I'm doing this for your well-being. And then his fighter died after the fight. So you see Kovalev take that damage in the eighth round. And then at the end of that round, he sits down and McGirt says to him, <clears throat> any more of that? If I see any more of those big shots, I'm pulling you out. That's the end of this fight. Whether that's true, whether he had every intention of pulling him out, or whether that was to wake Kovalev up, yeah. get him out of that that slump that he was having in the fight. Could be both, to be fair. Could be both. Like, they don't have to be independent of one another, do they? They're not mutually exclusive. Um, Whatever the reason was, it had the desired effect. Yeah. Because Kovalev came out in the ninth, and it was almost as if the eighth had never happened. He was able to get back on the jab, and Yard was fucked by that point, wasn't he? Yeah. He he came out in the ninth, and he's like, Yard tried to pick up where he left off, and... Just didn't look. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be on the one end of those punches, but it just seemed to me that they didn't have the same any sort of the same spike that were in the beginning of that. It was like the momentum had gone because, as I say, if that eighth round had gone on for another minute, I reckon Yard could have carried that attack on for another phase and got another minute out of his body. Maybe, yeah. Whereas you go and sit down in that corner and. You have to get back up, and getting back up is the hard thing. Getting back up after you've emptied your tank and you haven't got that man out of there, mentally, physically, getting up out of that corner, knowing that, yeah, so close, I'm so close to changing my life, winning the fight. I'd be interested to know if that is... Because you could also, you you could think, getting up out of that chair going, right, I'm get this fight swung my way. You know, you could be buoyed by that last round. Yeah. Right, here we go. I you could be full of beans. Um just a quick digression. We've spoke before about in the UK you're allowed Vaseline and water in the corner, right? Yeah. And in America they're allowed to have electrolytes in their water. Yep. What's Russia? Russia? <laughs> three course it's meal in the wild corner. west isn't it let's be honest who knows shooting up in the corner who knows so i yeah i'd be interested to know if because it's like their drug testing works to a minimum level i think <laughs> there's a wall next to the ring with a hole in it <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just doesn't matter you just basically knock on the wall and somebody hands through a fluorescent drink um a yeah, handful of reason, vending machines the reason i ask is that well, it would explain why that you know they got Kovalev got that second wind. If he was able to actually, if you were allowed to have, um, yeah, I've no electrolytes idea. in the corner, or whatever. I I don't know, but it was just a uh, anyway. Sorry. So yeah, and in that, I wonder if he clearly came off with some sort of enthusiasm yard off of his stall in the ninth round and thought, I'm going to pick up where I left off here. But as you sort of alluded to, Kovalev then went, 
It's almost like he had his old man head on and go, right, I've got to control this round. That's all I've got to do. If I control this round and sap his energy, like as in mental energy and maybe some physical energy, we're now in, we're then in round 10. If you believe in yourself, like Kovalev would do, that he can make it to round 12, then he thinks, I'll just put the brakes on it, keep this round pretty tame, and then then I'll put I'll put the hammer down for the 10th and 11th, 12th. It's almost, yeah, it's a case of who's been there and done it before yeah. and who hasn't. Yeah. And Kovalev had and Yard hadn't. And that's when you started seeing Kovalev coming forward and suddenly he... Pushing Yard into the corner yeah. and having him where he wanted. And Yard started going backwards again. Yeah. Like he had done in the rest of the... And it was almost like if you looked at it, if you looked at two trend charts side by side, Yards peaked in the middle and then tailed off, whereas, you know, Kovalev's dipped in the middle and then came back up again. Yeah. So, I mean, again, are we going to question what this System 9 method is of training people? Because it it didn't seem to give Yard the tools for the hard ending the hard rounds at the end the championship rounds they call them yeah um now that comes with experience it comes with exposure to hard fights it comes with all these things but it's clearly not something that he was able to pick up in training camp and that's what the trainer's job is ultimately is to give your fighter the tools to go out there best equipped for the job now they must have known that Kovalev wasn't shot he might be older, he might not be as good as he was, but he's not shot, and they must have known that. Um, and so he's grisly, he's, you know, he's got that old manness about him. And so it is surprising, actually, if I'm honest, like, I'm surprised there wasn't the ability of Yard to keep going over the championship rounds. Could, because could this be a... I'm sorry, I've got you off again, but could this be a case of maybe... I'm getting used to it now. Yard has... Made so what I was saying was... <laughs> Yard has taken this. It's come a little bit too soon for Yard, and a little bit, a, li- a little bit too soon for Yard in terms of not having the experience to take it through, and a little bit too soon before Kovalev has quite fallen off the edge of the cliff. One hundred percent right. So this is the problem that we've got in judging how Yard performed in this fight. Are we judging Anthony Yard as the WBO's mandatory challenger who's been in that position for or number one or mandatory for the best part of 12 to 18 months? Are we judging him as the fighter that we've been told by Frank Warren and by Tunde and all these people that he's above domestic level? He's past that. He's at world level already. Are we judging him as that fighter or are we judging him more fairly, perhaps, as the lad who didn't really have an amateur career and hasn't had very tough challenging fights as a professional? Now, this is the problem with building somebody up to such monolithic proportions before they're there, is that if they fail when they're there, what are we meant to judge them against? Now, I feel harsh judging him against um, how an Andre Ward would have done, but I'm told he's more skilled than Andre Ward is. So I should be judging him against how Andre Ward done, which would beat Kovalev twice. So what am I meant to be judging him against? I don't know. I don't know. You know, where do we see Yard ending up after this fight? Is it to go back through the domestic routes or should he be staying at world level? 
Now, if we're saying the reason he lost is because of inexperience and because he hasn't been through those hard fights, then he needs to go and get that experience and get those hard fights and then come back. Not necessarily stay at world level. But you've told us he's above the level of domestic competition. Now, I'd still want to see him with a, a Hosea Burton, a Callum Johnson. We'd all love the Boazzi fight, but I think we have to accept that they're on two different paths. And the only way we see that is if they both get their hands on world titles and we get a collision worth lots and lots and lots of money. That's fine. I think we can accept that and we're okay with that. But there are plenty of other domestic opponents for him. Or do we see him in with Isaac Chalemba? Start getting those rounds in with horrible fighters that will frustrate you. Do we see him with a Jean Pascal? Do we do we see him with that? I don't know. But as I say, I'm still not sure what I'm meant to be judging Yard against. Um, what we've got now is a benchmark of what he is. He's hard. He's possibly lacking the fundamentals. Um, but there's something there. There's, there's an X factor to him that you would still... You want to see so much yeah. more of him after that. His stock has risen in defeat. Um, but let's go back to Tunde now. What do you... You watched it. Do you think it was fair to send Yard out for that 11th round? Um, mm, I feel like it depends... It depends what you're. It depends what you're looking at, or you're looking for, and the reason I say that is because there's been lots of times when I've watched fights and I've gone, "Why is he still in there?" But if Yard had managed to squeak through to the twelfth round, even if he'd lost, which it looked like he was going to, then they could have said he went twelve rounds of Kovalev. So I I I I don't feel like that that's the most responsible way to to manage your fighter, but it just depends on. Clearly, he likes hyperbole, so maybe it was something that he was hoping that he could. It's not. I realize it's not actually tangible, but it's more tangible than anything that he's got. Sub from Yard going actually getting knocked out. Let's put it this way: if he genuinely thinks that Yard has got a chin and he's not going to get knocked out, which, given the punishment he'd taken in that fight, you could argue that maybe he thought that he would have that. He might have thought, you know what, he's got to just make it through three rounds, and then we can say he lost on points to Kovalev, and we can argue for a rematch or something like that. So, do I think it was fair? No, but that's me talking, and. I and I realised that my stomach for sending out fighters when the tides quite comprehensively turned against them, my tolerance of that is a lot lower than other fighter than other people's. But judging what other people's generally across the sport of boxing is, it makes perfect sense to me why he sent them out because it's almost like nobody really. I mean, look, I, I realise you're not you're a cricket you're not a cricket fan. No, but the other day. One of, uh, and it's been highlighted a couple of times now, cricket balls have hit cricketers in the head with helmets on. I do you know Joffre Archer took out Stephen Smith? Right, and then they're, and then they're saying to him, you've got, you've got to come off because you've got a concussion, blah, 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 blah. These guys are getting ramrodded in the head constantly, albeit with padded gloves, but constantly. 
sports like the NFL, and you've probably spoke more about this than I ever have with your brother, like that it's not necessarily the initial concussion that hurts you. It's the subsequent concussions after that initial one. With boxing, it just seems to be like, yeah, but this is boxing. And they're padded gloves and they're trained fighters and blah, 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 blah. And there just seems to be this like malaise about being that interested in it. So yeah, maybe I'm over-egging the pudding here. But what my point is, the well-being of fighters some, some, sometimes seems to be too far down the list against the other things, the other perceived advantages <laughs> of sending them out. So, yeah, I wouldn't <clears throat> have done, but I perhaps I wouldn't have after the 10th. I might have given him the 10th, said, you've got to show me something now because you've just been, you know, but whatever. So The 9th he got, um, the 9th he got old manned, but not hurt. Yeah. The 10th, I think he was getting pinged. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. You've, Which you, you've. It was uh, uncomfortable to watch. You can see the decline from the 8th to the 9th. So you're like, I need to see something now. No, they're not. I don't in think, at the in end retrospect, of the ninth, it's, too, it's too difficult. You couldn't, you couldn't stop him after the 9th, to be fair. At the end of the 9th, you would. He, he wasn't getting like bullied. He was just getting old manned a yeah. bit. At the end of the 10th, I see no reason why you would send him back out. And I think, at that point, anybody with half a brain would see he wasn't going to be ahead on the cards and with two rounds left he would have been very 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 unlikely to be in with a chance to win it you could see that his uh not will to win but his energy had sapped his the power in the punches had gone you know you start talking at that point you're behind on the cards enough that it's probable that you need a knockout now when you can see that your man hasn't got the power left in him even for that one big haymaker, <laughs> then what are we looking for at that yeah, point? What are we looking for out of a fighter? such a common story in boxing. No, so I I think here's the problem, is that if you've talked up your fighter to such a level, and if you've talked up your training methods to such a level, then it's almost impossible for your ego to accept that your boxer shouldn't be in there. Mm. So you look at when Tommy Coyle was fighting over in America recently and Jamie Moore pulled him out of the fight. He's like, enough is enough. Like, you don't need to go back out there. I love you. We're not doing this. Tunde Ajayi talks about his affection, his love, his uh, connection with Anthony Yard. I just felt from a human perspective, if all those things are as true as you say they are, then round 11 wouldn't have happened. And we ought to be lucky and thankful that it was only the jab of Kovalev that finished that fight and not some powerhouse right hand that followed it through. Because Kovalev's fundamentally brilliant at that 1-2 or the 1-1-2, you know, the jab-jab right hand over the top. And he's got that awkward uh, ability to, to land it almost behind the left hand. The right comes behind it, so you probably don't see it. We ought to be thankful that that didn't follow up and catch Yard. Because a lot of damage could have been done to him. He wasn't in a position where he was uh, in that fight or defending himself. You know, he hadn't defended himself brilliantly through all of it. But by that point, it was clear that the the ability to foresee the trouble and get out the way of it had gone. 
I don't think there was any need for that 11th round. No, and I, I, I do... It's that Martin Bacoli factor. When we go back to when Martin Bacoli fought uh, Michael Hunter at York Hall on Channel 5, Billy Nelson... Billy Nelson had been bigging Martin Bacoli up as being the next big heavyweight. This lad is going to take out everybody. Joshua Wilder. He does it now. Down at York Hall that night, he had a very uncomfortable night with Martin uh, Michael Hunter, who beat him up and beat him up and beat him up. And then the cut to the corner, and you could hear Bacoli saying, I just want to stop. I, I want to... And his trainer, Billy Nelson, saying, no, you're going back out there, mate. You're going back out there. And again, is it that ego thing? The look, I've said so much shit about you're the future. There is simply no way I could stop this fight because I have said everything about you. I, 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 you get very brave trainers in that scenario. And that's my problem. I, the only the only flaw in what I can see, because I, I see the merit when you're arguing, the only flaw I see is that it presumes... It presumes that the trainer is knowledgeable uh, of of how badly his fight is doing and not deluded, which I also think could be um, a like he. But there, that, there are enough people you have in your corner that are there, and don't think trainers don't talk to other people or get messages from other people. Frank Warren was there. They would have been liaising with Frank, I'm sure, in some way. Like send one of your corner people yeah. off, find out how Frank thinks we're doing. Um, you know, you have three, four people around you at that point that can all give you an opinion. So even if Tunde was um, was of the opinion that Yard was winning, yeah. you would hope there's other people that were sensible enough to tell him he's not. Um, it also seems, you know, is is in boxing. Go back to Nick Blackwell. That bloke was never, ever, ever, ever going to do anything in to Chris Eubank, Eubank fight. fight. And yet Apart they let him. E, uppercut after uppercut <laughs> yeah. after uppercut. I, do you, you remember? 100% it was sickening. Eubank stands back and goes, do you want me to keep going to the ref? It was sickening. And he had enough time to ask the ref the question before Blackwell could launch any sort of comeback. And this, this wasn't on that level. No, uh, right. Yeah, it wasn't. But even that was left to, you know, just in his corner, just like that. Yeah. What were they thinking? Yeah. You know, and we've seen it time and time again across the sport of boxing, which is like, and I, you know, you, I don't know what you hope for. Do you hope that it's delusion? Do you hope that it's ego? Do you hope, what do you hope? Just hope it stops happening. <laughs> but whatever it is, it just seems to be a common trait. I, I can see exactly what you're saying. If you've, if you've drummed this up, you know, you almost want, well, I'd rather it breaks than me, than me stopping it from break, you know, stopping it with a yeah. chance of, because like I said, if Tunde's sitting there going, oh, he's getting hammered here. Right. Uh, all he's got to do is last six more minutes and I can say he's gone 12 rounds of Kovalev. The system I, works. I can save this. The system yeah, works. Maybe it, maybe it is a, a part of self-preservation. I hope it isn't. And I hope it... I almost it's what it it's felt delusion. like. Uh, but yeah, I mean... Okay, so let's let's bring it back to... Right, so we haven't really spoken about the knockout, other than to say it was a pretty innocuous punch. Yeah. But um, once he goes down, he is down and out, and the fight gets stopped. Uh, Kovalev crashes his post-fight um, press conference, doesn't he, to tell him how... The interview. Yeah, to tell him... How, sorry, the interview, sorry. To tell him 
how well he's done. Yeah. So he's obviously impressed with with Yard. I suppose we we I would suggest we finish with what we normally finish with is where do they go next? Well, before we get that, um, there were a few little key points as well that I think we need to touch on. Um, the Kovalev defence, you watch the early rounds and it seemed to fall apart later on, but he was so conscious of that whipping left hook of Yard. Have you picked up on it? But no. he, he kept that right glove right up close to his ear on every attack almost that he could see Yard making. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching... Every, I was trying to see patterns the way that you and Terry have mentioned it before, going, but that is beyond my comprehension. It's the right hand you can see of Kovalev, is that's what he's conscious of. It's almost as if at that point, Yard should have been fainting the left hook and then just throwing it through the middle because Kovalev was leaving a, a hole there where he was bringing his right hand up. Because, you know, go back to what Tunde was saying in that clip we played at the beginning, that we know Kovalev's been hurt with the left hook right hand. And we've seen before, Yard has a very, very good left hook. Like, those two things together, you could see how wary Kovalev was of it. But it was almost as if Yard should have then used that to his advantage Mm. to feint the left hook, throw it down the middle, or feint the left hook, throw the right hand down the middle. Do something like that just to mix it up a bit. and Because that was his one line of attack that could have been and proved to be very beneficial when it when it worked. Um, and as the rounds drew on, the that f- sort of, that defence of Kovalev wasn't there as much. And whether that's because he thought the danger had gone of the left hook of Yard. Maybe he thought Yard was gassing out a bit, a bit himself. Um, but just touch on something you said earlier as well about the... The, the timing of the fight. And one of the things Tunde always says is timing is everything. And I think that was quite prominent actually with this fight that maybe he thought he'd got Kovalev on that much of the decline that now is the right time to get him. So yeah. there was a lot of talk in the build-up about how Yard had turned away step-aside money. So depending on what you want to read or who you want to listen to, he was offered anywhere between a million dollars and maybe three, four million dollars. To wow. not take the fight, just wow. to let Canelo fight Kovalev, like they were going to pay Yard an amount wow. to sit it out and still be mandatory right, like, that's what I was to be to the ask. next fight. But you sense from that that they saw such decline within Kovalev that to beat Kovalev enhances their future earnings so significantly that the that step aside that- money becomes irrelevant Um, and so you have to give him credit for that for taking that that approach because (laughs) what was it you said before though something like I'll never criticise a boxer for taking step aside money because it's the only time when someone's going to pay you to not do your job (laughs) yeah so it is it is mad perhaps that they didn't take it because then you'll still be in line for the winner of Canelo Kovalev if you perceive well, yeah, but the only thing is, you don't get a title out of it then because Kovalev loses to Canelo, right? Uh, maybe, probably. Probably. And yeah, Canelo would then dump the title and go and do something else, um, whatever that is. But um, it's slightly mad but admirable that you would take that approach in doing it. Um, so you got to respect that, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but then maybe, maybe that shows the belief that they had in Yard... And perhaps why he sent him out for that 11th round. 
Yeah, nothing's ever going to convince me that 11th round needed to happen. Yeah, Nothing I'm, is I'm, ever... Uh, it's, it, I'm just putting stuff out there. I mean, there's going to be people listening to this that uh, that will uh, that will agree with you. There There'll will be, be people uh, that disagree and say, look, he's a fighter. He should go back out there. And again, one of the things we need to give him credit for is going out on his shield. He didn't fucking swallow it last night. He went out on his shield looking to fight still. Um, nothing but credit for Yard through the entirety of this. Yes, he was losing on points. Yes, he wasn't going to win the fight even if it went the full 12 rounds. Yes, he was outclassed to an extent. But there was so much that he showed that told us there's a real fighter there. There's a real... It's everything that we've wanted to see out of Yard that we've never seen because he was fighting bin men and paper rounds. Like... (laughs) That was great. I'm not saying it was a great performance because it wasn't really because there was so much missing that we've already touched upon. But it was great to see him um, take some of the opportunities that presented themselves. Um, so does this mean we're going to see Kovalev Canelo next? One final thing before you go on to this. Oh, okay. Spencer Fearon. We've got to touch on this. Oh, do we? Okay, what's he saying? So he... He's always great value. That's one way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> I got nothing against Spencer. I, I, him and Tunde, Tunde grew on me so much in fight week. As much as he's like a space cadet of some of the stuff he comes out with, is actually his energy as a person is like I, I'm down with that. I can get on board with that. Um, whether it's bonkers or not, fine. But his energy as a person is cool. Um, I didn't like Fearon's approach to some of it because him and Tunde go back a long way and it's obviously that's his boy but it's a lesson in um, don't badmouth people when there's a risk that it's going to come back and bite you in the arse so he was calling Kovalev an old drunkard like when when Yard beats that old drunkard. Now Yard's lost to someone who is an old drunkard. Like that makes Yard look a lot worse when you put it in the context of those words. He's an old drunkard. Fearon wasn't promoting this fight. He's not his trainer. He's just his trainer's mate. And now it makes Yard look bad for that. And I feel bad for Yard in that respect. Um, but yeah, Fearon... I, I never know what to make of the bloke, but you know when you talk about, <laughs> he goes on about if you see it, believe it, achieve it. You know you've got to be vibrating at the right frequency for the universe to bring success to you. Does that mean Yard wasn't vibrating at the right frequency for the universe to bring him success? Did he not see it, believe it, and achieve it enough? Did he not do all these fucking weird things, or was he just not good enough on the night? And I think we know what the answer is. <laughs> See it, believe it. The vi- the universe has to vibrate at four thousand, and you're only doing it at two thousand, my friend. Because oh, I didn't complete system nine. Yeah. So look, I don't want it to seem negative against all these people that we mentioned because I just think it tells you don't. I mean, for the most part, don't pay attention to what people say. That what I feel like in boxing sometimes is that more so than other sports what people's opinions are are taken a lot more seriously. Yeah. If with with 
with football or cricket or rugby or I appreciate I'm talking about team sports there, but even when you're talking about athletics or whatever, when someone puts their opinion to it, there seems to be a lot more like, well, a lot more... A lot more credence is given. Yeah, uh, in boxing, I, yeah. I feel like, yeah, like you with if I hear some outlandish um, opinion spoken about uh, a football team or a rugby team, I feel like I can quite more, much more comfortably in my own mind put that to bed as, well, that's nonsense. And I don't feel the need for... I don't I don't feel worried that everyone else is going to look at that and go, oh, okay, I'm swayed by this. Whereas with boxing, a lot of people say stuff and you think, oh, hold on a minute, why is... And it either gets taken up so readily by others in in the media you might hear like sky sports on the on the build up to a fight go this person said this you're like when you sort of zoom out from me you think why does it carry so much weight in boxing more so than other sports but i suppose it doesn't happen in other sports in football you don't get um you know, I'm a Spurs fan. We've just fucking lost to Newcastle today, for fuck's sake. Could have been worse. But you didn't Crystal have... Palace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't have Pochettino in the press conference on Friday going, we're going to absolutely nail this lot to the floor. <laughs> we are going to do a number on them. Have you seen Steve Bruce? He's an old drunkard. Yeah. He is past his best. We're going to do this 19-0, if not 20. That doesn't happen, does it? You just, you get I wish the manager. It would. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, why? So, so in that case, why do others feel the need to trash talk? I don't know. It's almost like a... I know it's the mind games before a fight, and you're trying to get in somebody's mind. and, and pre- It's almost as if pretending you know something about them and their weaknesses is going to make them go... Oh. oh, God. I best not put my guard up. Yeah. I've never, ever met a boxer who confesses to having let that stuff affected them. Um, whether it does or it doesn't in private, you know, when they shut their eyes to go to bed at night, whether it does then, and it, it might play back over their mind, oh God, he does know that I do this and that, and that's my trigger. And Maybe it does, but I've never met one who confessed to it. Hmm. Um, I certainly remember uh, once I was speaking to a guy who used to play a lot of like, um, enter poker tournaments, and he said, um, the amount of times that I'll be walking into... He said, a lot of people don't like me in these tournaments. He said, I walk into wherever we're playing and uh, he said to me, they'll say to me, what are you doing here? Because they're trying to put me on the tilt. This is completely, totally foreign parlance to me, but it's like, put me on the tilt, meaning push on the back foot, makes you worried about your own performance. And he's like, what are you on about? I've beaten you twice at these things or whatever he says in there. That means I've put him on the tilt. And it was all, it was, the poker game started the minute they pulled up in their cars kind of thing. Yeah. And I I guess, like, going back to what I'd said about football and all that sort of stuff, maybe maybe boxing is more related to a more mind game. But I don't know. It, you do get sometimes with football, don't you? The Wenger, Mourinho, Ferguson yeah. eras and Keegan having a meltdown. and Yeah. Um, but yeah, one one final thing on it is about, was Yard prepared? Had he had the right fights? No, he hadn't. He well, hadn't. Is it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and this is where we're talking about how are we judging Yard? What are we judging Yard against? Um, because no, he hadn't had the right fights. And that's down to his manager. Ultimately, his manager is the one that picks the fights for him. His manager is Tunde Ajayi. 
Um, but I think he maybe had to rush into this fight because of where they perceived Kovalev yeah, to be. Yeah, that seems to so me. So ultimately, mm. look, you know, he's taken all these fights in the past that we've criticised for, the Darius sex of this world. I'm sure... In an ideal world, Tunde would have maybe fit two or three more fights in before this Kovalev one. That would prepare maybe somebody who's got a killer jab on him, um, somebody that can control distance as well as Kovalev has. Someone's got the fundamentals nailed down as well as Kovalev has. But when that small window of opportunity opens up that you think your man can can expose, you kind of understand why they've probably gone for that. Um, because when we talk about the likes of Josh Taylor and Dillian White who have had all these learning fights before they've gone up to that world level. When they've gone up to that world level, certainly in Josh Taylor's case at least, he's prepared, he's had all these different styles, these different challenges through fights. Yard's not had that, but you think that opportunity came along and the team must have gauged that it was the right moment for him. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out in my own mind, like Kovalev fights you you step aside for x amount whatever it was Kovalev fights Canelo is Canelo guaranteed to drop the belt he probably would because he's just doing mad stuff isn't he like just pissing about weight divisions so if he if he does drop the belt then why don't you just keep yourself as a mandatory because you're either going to fight Canelo, are you even going to fight Kovalev again? There was big money in that last night. From yeah, I mean, I'm, from, like anywhere up to four million dollars or pounds. I'm not sure which he was getting paid for that. So maybe that's what System Nine is. Maybe System Nine is I will work alongside your promoter to get you to a WBO mandatory position <laughs> where we'll fly you out to potential. Russia and we'll we'll maximize your earning potential. System Nine is basically I'll make you a millionaire. Whatever way round you want to paint it, cool. Like, that has made Anthony Yard more money than all his other fights put together. And ultimately, that's what people enter the sport for, is so that when they leave it, they have shed loads of money. That's their dream. As much as it's world titles, it's success, it's fame, it's all these things, it's also with the aim of making you a multi-millionaire. And if Yard has done that last night, credit to him. Credit to Tunde for getting him in that position to be able to do that. And to Warren. And credit to BT and Warren for putting that on last night at almost a peak time, really. Because I'm fed up with these, like, half 11 fights. Yeah, yeah me too. A, that was nice. On a really nice time, yeah. on free-to-air BT, that could have... Everyone would have chipped in 10, 15 quid to watch that. I would have. I would... I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> people that pay for pay-per-views would have chipped in to watch that. So, to people that to pay all. for their TV would have chipped in. I have a Sky subscription. Do you? Is it? But isn't it just for a landline? Uh, right, okay. So now, finally, can we get on to what happens to Yard next and what happens to Kovalev next? Kovalev will fight Canelo, I'm sure of it. There's enough talk and money in it that that makes an awful lot of sense. Um, uh, you've kind of briefly touched on Yard about what he's going to do next. I, I, you can't second guess yeah. it, I suppose. <sighs> I would like to see an Isaac Chalemba fight. Like, someone who's not as dangerous as Kovalev, but can teach him an awful lot of lessons in the ring that he should still beat. 
that's what I'd like to see. Okay. Uh, let's move on then to Lomachenko Campbell. In their upcoming bout, ball pass to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get Lomachenko over on these shores next weekend at the O2 Saturday night. Taking on Luke Campbell. It's a mammoth task. You know, if last night was a big task, at least we kind of knew that Kovalev was on the decline a bit. We haven't seen that decline from Lomachenko. So we're going to have to see not just a career best performance from Luke Campbell, but so why are you putting up a number on a piece of paper? Oh, no, I'm Because you normally ask how far we're into it. So. Ah, I'm with you. Right, okay. <laughs> So instead of verbally interrupting me, you're yeah. now just writing it down I to interrupt hate, me. I would hate to interrupt you, mate. Right, cool. Yeah. You've literally just interrupted me with a bit of paper. I was expecting you to just breeze past it and professionally go, yeah, noted. And then no! No. I'm not like... <laughs> Such a sham. Right, go on. <laughs> um, yeah, so Luke Campbell needs not just a career-best performance, but... A miracle. Um, and I think we're okay with that. We know how good... Well, we probably don't know how good Lomachenko is. Um, you know, we've seen him get through these Linares fights. See him go through the weight divisions. Yes, we saw him take the loss in his uh, second fight. There's probably still stuff in the Lomachenko machine in his matrix that we haven't actually seen in a ring yet. Um does Campbell pose a problem that Lomachenko's never seen before? I'd, I'd be so highly doubtful. Yes, he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's highly skilled. He's a southpaw. He carries a fair bit of power, Luke Campbell, now trained by Shane McGuigan. So, you know, he should have a decent enough game plan going into it. But I can't see anything other than a Lomachenko stoppage win. Um, and just a beatdown put on Luke Campbell. I'd love to be proven wrong, but... I don't see anything apart from that. I just you'd be mad to consider against Lomachenko at this point. Yeah, he's he's almost like an unstoppable force. It doesn't yeah. really matter who you're putting up against him at this point. He's he looks irresistible. And it's almost how far can he go? Like that's what you really want to see now is can he move up? I was thinking this earlier, actually, when I was driving around. If he comes past Luke Campbell, I know he's talking about getting all the belts are lightweight. But, yeah, how far can he go? What weight division can he move up to? How tall is he? Not very. Like, mm. he's small. Um, but can he go up to light welterweight? You've got some big lads in there. Josh Taylor, for instance, being a prime example. Reg Progress. But I want to see Adrian Broner back down at 140 taking on Lomachenko. Because that's everything that you want in a boxing match. It's the angelic good guy in Lomachenko against... The Satan's spawn. Yeah, you know, he, <laughs> he's portrayed in that way. Well, you, you, if you were going to market the fight, that's what you'd go for. You'd go for good versus bad. Saint versus sinner. Um, or whatever. And, you know, Broner loses more than he wins these days. But he's always fighting a world level. He's always fighting at the top level. Um, and you always, on the back of it, think he didn't show everything he's got to show. Um, so if he comes through this Lomachenko that's a fight I'd love to see um, is to get I mean that's top rank and PBC having to work together so it probably won't happen um, but I'd love to see that I think it'd be amazing but yeah this weekend 
I almost see it as a formality, and I know that's sad to say, and it's it's not a nice thing to say because Luke Campbell is a hugely successful Olympian amateur boxer for Great Britain, but we've seen enough of his flaws against Mendy, against Linares, that you think if those people could expose what his flaws were, then Lomachenko could have a field day. There we go. Um so your you your prediction by the way was Lomachenko wins as a part of stoppage. I'm gonna ask him questions now, which takes us back to yard, um, but on to other pastures as well. Uh Dave, by the way, if you ever have a question that you want to ask, you don't necessarily have to wait for us to put out the questions um request. You can just send one in. No. Uh, no, I said the other way. I don't like questions unless I ask them. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, do send them in and then we'll either ignore them or use them. Official New Age Boxing Irish promoter, yes. Dave McGinley. He's got a badge. Prove it. Asks. His Tinder success is through the roof. <laughs> without be deba- very lucky sexually. Without... <laughs> Thanks for specifying. What do you? What do we call this, by the way? By giving giving promoters badges away and then increasing to system or some sort of is there? Is there system a, ten? System ten. Yeah. Okay. Makes out of ten, it makes you a ten. Yeah, you are now an official system ten member. Mister McGinley goes on to. And by the way, if you're a promoter, you're also you're also above any grammatical criticism Critique. from me. Yeah. I mean, just as well, really. Recorded anyway, because you just really slagged him off. off. No, I wouldn't do such a thing. This is the second attempt at trying to read this question. No. (laughs) Don't look behind the curtain, that's all I'll say. (laughs) Martin will try and try and lead you astray, listener, but just do not. I'm Um, like the snake in the Garden of Eden, isn't I? (laughs) Just eat the fucking apple. (laughs) Eat (laughs) it. Without debating if his performance was good or bad last night, I've no doubt it could improve, but like Yard himself, this was the first time that he's been in such a scenario. Probably need some commas in there, Dave. (laughs) My point is, I feel it's unfair for many people to be so hypercritical and analytical on a couple of minutes of bad decision-making and then conveniently be so blind to the fact that he, Tunde, uh, has brought a 19-year-old track and field athlete to within a few punches of beating a pound-for-pound of his generation. If bad decision-making in one or two rounds deserves such vitriol, surely the overall quote-unquote project and development would deserve ten times the praise. Um, Yes and no. Like, if the system is the complete boxing system that we're told it is, and you big it up to such an extent beforehand, and then it doesn't prove to work in the only real fight of Yard's career... The acid test, so to speak. Then people are inclined to criticise it and to um, to question whether it works or not. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you're humble enough to maybe say, look, we need to make some tweaks to the system, we need to get it right, maybe the pad word doesn't work, maybe we need to bring in more sparring, whatever, <clears throat> then fine. But we haven't seen any of that from Tunde. It's all about how great he is with this system. Um, and I think that's probably what winds people up. And those same people that get wound up by his egotistical nature, perhaps, might then enjoy kicking it back at him when it goes wrong. It, it's, as as with everything else in sport a lot of the time, 
it's black and white, it seems to be. And when it comes to one or two, uh, like Dave's perfectly well pointed out there, when it's come to something as close as it was last night, the overarching fact that that did happen that way isn't normally considered. It's normally, well, he's lost, so therefore poor on the criticism. Oh, he's won, so poor on the praise. It doesn't seem to be, well, you know, actually did really well. And like like we've spoken about there uh, beforehand, it looked like he deserved to be in a ring with Kovalev. Yes. So by taking that fight, at the very least he's perhaps now put himself on that level. So he can quite rightly claim, therefore, well, this is the level I fight at now and demand fights of that sort of ilk. Maybe he's, he's still increased his earning power enough to justify the non, not taking the step aside money. If I go and drive my Prius <coughs> around Milton Keynes and roundabout to roundabout, I put my foot down and I suddenly believe I'm the best driver in Milton Keynes in the fastest car, Cool. And I've got a system for doing that. Nought to 80. 70, I'll do it in the law. <laughs> the only way I find out where my deficiencies are is to take it onto a racetrack. And then I'm suddenly up against finely tuned machines. Finely tuned Prius. <laughs> but, you know, I'm taking on <laughs> BMWs that are tuned up and I'm taking on all these other cars. And then I'll suddenly find out where my problems lay. That's kind of what it felt like last night is that if you've you've taken the soft touches to date, you're then finding out last night where those uh, flaws lay with your fighter and perhaps with your system. So I think it's only fair that we give Tunde the opportunity to go away now and rectify the problems that will have been identified. Uh, our Irish promoter then asks a second question. As you know, I'm a huge Huey Fury fan. I think David's match of him on Grinder as well. Oh, okay. He uh, seems to love him that much. Has he? Has his that? So Hugh, you're saying Huey Fury's on Grinder? Shit, that might get me beaten up, might it? Yeah. No, well, I'll take that all it, back. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, when he beats Povetkin, where does he stand in terms of the UK slash global scene? <sighs> I love Dave's enthusiasm for the Furies. Yeah. It's, it's that's what I love about people that are into boxing. Like he flew out to America to to watch Tyson Fury. And he plans to again, and he will again. And his passion and his desire to see the Furies do well, despite the fact that there is no logical reason whatsoever for him to wish the Furies to do so well, other than personality, style enjoyment of watching all those things will cause a man to spend thousands of pounds to follow another man around the world that you've never really met it's absolutely mad but i love that about this sport what i would say is we have we have evidence as well that when he went over to LA, he actually sat down and had a drink with the fury didn't he he was and one of only a handful of brits to go out well he's not brit but <laughs> and he blagged his way into like some of the press stuff did you ever see that no I he said know. he might have sent that to me privately a okay. picture of him like where there was a big press... He basically like lied his way into a big press thing. Excellent. And there was him and Tyson like stood shoulder to shoulder. Where it was like an IFL interview or something where the, the press scrum's going on. There's McGinley just stood there with Tyson. You're like, <laughs> hold up. 
But he blagged his way into it. Brilliant. Outstanding so, yeah, stuff. It's, it's just... He's such a dude. Shout out. It's illogical, but commendable fandom it's mad isn't it when yeah. you when you break it down into the raw components of what it is it's mad <laughs> it's totally irrational yeah, uh, yeah so, so where does it leave so, yeah. Fury Fury I mean, he's not I mean, gonna win is he is he there's nothing that I've seen of Huey Fury of late that tells me he's got it in him to beat Povetkin now the only thing that you go against that is where we were talking earlier about this window of opportunity for Yard to beat Kovalev and it's still being that big name, that big, you know, the boost that you get from doing it. I think Povetkin's probably at that stage where a lot of his value may have diminished, but he's still valuable enough that it's worthwhile doing. But he's still dangerous enough. You could foresee a Huey Fury point to him. I don't see any other way for you. Huey's going to win. No, he doesn't attack uh, fluidly enough, powerfully no. enough, and he's fighting a roided up cunt. So, <laughs> whatever. I, I, I like Huey, but we have spoken on this podcast before about that he has that feeling of him of Tyson Fury light, and unfortunately, it always feels like he just doesn't have that X factor that Tyson possesses that sees Tyson unpick the Wilder lock or, you know, unpick the Klitschko lock. All right, I accept that he didn't beat Wilder. I'm not saying he did, but... It's almost like everything Tyson has, Huey has 80% of. Maybe 70% yeah. of. Um and maybe that will come with age, because Huey is still well, a young man. This is what I was getting on to. <clears throat> I'd like to think that he's learned from his narrow, unjustified, in my opinion, loss to Parker. And he's... Uh, who, what was Kubrat it? Pulev was the other loss. Right, so then he lost to Pulev. I'd like to think that he's gone away, come back, and he's going to be stronger. And therefore, he's going to have... I just, I'd love to see... I'd love to see the Furies do the Klitschko, <laughs> the Klitschko thing, where they both collect a couple of belts or whatever. Don't get me wrong. In in contrary to that, I would like to see an undisputed heavyweight champion. Yeah, but, but I would love to see Huey find something in that well that goes, "Bing, I've got it. This is what I've got now." It's almost like it's there and it needs unlocking. Yeah. It's almost like it's there and he's almost embarrassed to show us it. I don't know what it is, but um, I don't know. It's like having a supermodel girlfriend that always wears a trench coat when you go out in public. And you'd be like, oh, come on, love. Just take that off and show everyone what you've got. No, is it not like that? One minute Huey was on fucking grind. The next minute he's a supermodel girlfriend in a trench coat. Is it not like Martin's that? Martin's been taking all... acid today. <laughs> I'm really tired. I'm really worn out. You should be time more often. It's enlivening your imagination. Uh, um, okay, so, right. Who's going to win? Uh, out of Fury and... Povetkin. I'm going to go Fury. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go... This is where he's going to find his... 
Is X Factor. You think it'll happen for him? It'll yep. all come together. It's all going to come together. If he loses this one, it makes it kind of. I would be sympathetic to the argument of people saying the world level is above him. It's almost Chisora-esque if he loses yeah. this one. Like every time he steps up to that upper echelon, he loses. Yeah. yeah. If that's and that's the why outcome. I don't. That's what I don't want to see. So I'm going to. I'm going to allow my heart to rule my head and say. Huey wins. I'm all on board. I would absolutely love to see Huey win. And not just Huey, Peter Fury as well. If I had to marry one man on this planet, it'd be Peter Fury. Like, the the guy's just so cool, so like, everything about him, when he talks, you listen. And I've got so much time for him. There's still a part of me that lingers hope that Tyson will get back with Peter Fury one day in the future. I know he's excelling under Ben Davison. It's not a criticism of him at all. Um, you just want to see that double act. I want to see him and Huey back together yeah. and under the same umbrella of Peter Fury. I'd love to see it. I'd, yeah, it'll be good to see Peter back in fight week as well and hopefully getting those IFL interviews. Okay, let's give an update on badges then. <laughs> as we expected, this badges thing is evolving over time so what i'm going to do to you is i'm going to read out one of our successful applicants are you going to read the ukrainian email uh no. i am going to send oh no it's the saudi arabia oh okay cool email <clears throat> so uh we'll, we'll come on to the ukrainian one afterwards but the, the first one we got through was uh the the only the only application we've had for the saudi arabian promoter badge no that's a lie we had two for oh, did Saudi we? Arabian okay badge. so first hurdle <laughs> I've lied immediately but this was so good no that's a lie actually I'll take that back we've, Sorry. Gi- we've, we've, we've given this to and I'm going to find his name Kobe Vicker so this is email hi despite being English I genuinely lived in in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, as a kid between the years three and five. Despite barely having a grasp of English at that age and zero grasp of Arabic, that did not stop me from stopping people on the streets of Riyadh and asking them whether they knew a 13-year-old Deontay Wilder. (laughs) And none of them did. (laughs) However, I could barely stop them from talking about this nine-year-old kid from Watford who would become the king of the heavyweight division. The streets of Riyadh have been buzzing Absolutely for buzzing. many a year. Kobe is... People thought that Watford was enlivened by it, but no, it was it was Riyadh. That was the hotbed. Um, that is how you know that they love boxing and especially the biggest star in the history of the universe, AJ, which is why AJ has to fight Ruiz in the dust-up in the desert. And I stop should... in the desert. That's good. <laughs> and I should promote it. Also, sports washing doesn't exist. These people just love boxing, and there will literally be tens of people there. <laughs> Steve Bunce told me from Kobe Vickers. Uh, there we go. So, I mean, we're not going to break that down into its finer details, but I love the fact we've sent a badge to somebody who hasn't lived in the country for I don't know how old Kobe is. But he was there between the age of three and five. five. And that is the claim to be a Saudi Arabian promoter. But it's outstanding. It's... It's imaginative. It's imaginative. 
is talking about nobody in Saudi Arabia knew who Deontay Wilder was. This is everything that we're after. Apart from then, Richard came along and gave me even more that we were after. So, first thing to mention is that Richard was asking for the U- was putting his point across for the Ukrainian badge, wasn't he? He was making a, he was making des- getting designs towards the the Ukrainian badge. Let me be quite clear about this. You know, I was mentioning the other day about my email administration. Yeah. Richard is very lucky this didn't just get deleted out of my inbox. <laughs> because he sent because over Ukrainian. Yeah, you know, like you get that shit that comes through. And then I was like, there's an attachment to it. It's in a foreign language. And it's got a massive Ukrainian flag on the bottom of the email. This is fishing of the highest order. What else was, was that? on there? Though? There was there was attachments, weren't there? Yeah, there was a PDF attachment. No, I mean like the the sponsors on the on the PDF. That was on the PDF, right, yeah. Okay. But yeah, something something gave me the inclination to open the PDF. Right, and it said once Martin had translated it and it sent it to me. Um, it can't. He he. Richard then says. So the email said this has been highly paused and re-recorded. So it might sound a bit disjointed, but no, never mind. It says, "Hello, please find my application to become a new age boxing podcast promoter. I do not speak good Ukrainian in brackets or English." <laughs> <laughs> so then the PDF file is translated, and it says. Greeting. Bear in mind he's put a WBO logo on the top yeah. of this. <laughs> right on the top. And let's, what was, He's was, already affiliated himself there was also to the Uca- WBO. UkrainianDate.com like, attached the bottom. <laughs> yeah, and that, that link worked. He put a picture of like a Ukrainian woman. Oh. Greeting. I would like to make you an offer that you cannot refuse to me. <laughs> Perfect for promoting the New Age Boxing Podcast. I- now... I don't care if this is Google's I don't know if he's written it badly in English to translate to Ukrainian on purpose to make it broken when we had to translate it I back. I hope oh. it has, but even if it hasn't, whatever, he's getting the credit for it. To me, perfect for promoting the New Age Boxing <laughs> Podcast for Ukraine because I am very fond of boxing in Ukraine and especially of the beautiful ones, Ukrainian ladies. I can <laughs> I can offer you many Ukrainian ladies who working on your podcast. <laughs> what are they going to do? Would you like? Li- <laughs> would you like? <laughs> would you like? <laughs> we have a lot of boxing shows here and it is very good standard. When I treat you like boxing fan, I do bring many good sponsorship opportunities. <laughs> I'm in Sheffield, England, where I <laughs> where I can listen to your show without fear of Russian invasion. <laughs> And it's very good. Kindest thank you, Richard. <laughs> so, and then he'd put like a CBD, the same CBD oil company that Anthony Fowler's sponsored by. <laughs> he put them as an, a link at the bottom. Ah, oh. um, the effort, uh, the effort he's gone to is outstanding. And uh, so then, when you said to him, "Congratulations, you've 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 passed," um, we had. Thanks. It is a great honour to receive an outstanding prize. I will cherish this moment with my entire bowel. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to thank God, my family, and above all, our Heyman. I will not let you down, comrade Richard. So, 
Richard, Richard went Kobe. above and beyond to PDF your I application. Mean, yeah. Immediately separates you from the the chasing pack. The bigger the better. This is what we wanted to go. Can there, you outdo that? There was one more that we got, which was from a Richard Vella. My claim for the Northern Ireland badge. To, to precursor this, he then sent a tweet a few days later, going, "My God, I was so stoned when I wrote that." <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that tweet. Right. As a half Irish Northern plastic paddy, I put in my claim for the right to justify one of those badges. We haven't got a Northern Irish badge. It's cool. <laughs> I'll promote the shit out of creating the biggest fights ever, like Paddy Barnes versus the old man in the bar with Conor McGregor and Mick Conlon versus Jamie Conlon, no gloves with the backing of KTM Global and Uncle Frank's sister channel, Box Nation Man. We need to speak with Eddie Hearns about a joint venture in Saudi Arabia, calling it Paddy's on the Piss. But because booze is illegal there, we'll pretend it's in the desert and hold it in cork with Spike <laughs> O'Sullivan. Let me know what you fucking think, bro. <laughs> we need a couple of million up front to cover expenses. And fuck it, we'll throw in Prince Patel versus Sonny Edwards for the crack. All the best, Paddy McFutwick of Paddy Promotions Northern Ireland. Or do you know me, Spiridoni on Twitter. So, I haven't got back to him yet about this. This will be the first he's heard about. I'm going to send him a promoter's badge. He's made the effort. He deserves one. I'm right. going to start lucky dipping some of these ones that we've got left, I think. Yeah, so, unfortunately, you can't claim Ireland because David McGinley is the king of Ireland in every sense. But, you know, there are other ones up for grabs still. So I, th- I guess what it boils down to is if you really think you can make um, a, a genuine claim... And make uh, a difference to to whatever is remaining nationality wise. Then go for it. Um, you might not get that one. You might get another one. You don't have to be from there, but give us a reason why you're the man from yeah. there or woman. Woman's perfectly fine. So female representation. Andy's not enough. Ukraine has been has been allocated. Ukraine has fallen. Vietnam. Yeah. So. <laughs> You want to explain me enough? We've got a mate, Sam Fair. So when we talked the other Shout week... Shout out to Sambo. When we talked the other week about um, Adnaris coming over from France, Sam came over from America for our live show. Yeah. Now, granted, he was coming over for other stuff, back to the UK for work purposes But he anyway. still came. But he still came from America to come and tie it in with being at our live show. Sam's one of our oldest and dearest friends. So, uh, so I promised him the US badge, which I'd already given someone else. So he became Vietnamese promoter. Because there was That's loads of Americans out in Vietnam at some point. So it makes <laughs> loads of sense. So <laughs> Vietnam the sole it is. win for them. Viet- enjoy, brother. You have Vietnam. So we Which have- is in the post. I've genuinely sent that to America. Nice. I'm sure he would treasure that. And wear it proudly amongst the streets of Detroit, which I'm sure won't get him any shit at all. Ooh, I've seen 8 Mile. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got Ukraine has gone. Vietnam has gone. Ireland has gone. France has gone, Saudi Arabia has gone, and the USA has gone, which leaves in this batch, <laughs> leaves us. So Dan Glozier, he got the uh, the US, because in my haste to get these made, I didn't actually make a UK one, so oversight. Um, so I gave him a billion dollars and a US badge. And yeah, apparently what he loved the most was the badge. He said, now with this billion dollars, <laughs> I could buy many, many badges... Of course, they're only one of a kind, so that was the most depressing thing yeah, about Yeah, but the alternative money. is you could sell the badge for a billion dollars, so... Yeah, there's that as well. Double your money. Um, 
Who's gonna buy? Who would buy? You don't know the power these badges give you. You can literally walk into any strip club and fuck any woman if you wear these badges. Is it really? A hundred percent. You can promote a boxing show in any country in the world if you've got one of these badges. That's a fact. Nice. It's a fact. The nice. British Boxing Board know it as well. How are you going to be able to do that if you're in strip clubs? Because they're free. How are you going to get the... Have we, is there Details. Details. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Left. Philippines, Czech Republic, India, and Australia. Do you have the reasoning, the imagination, the wherewithal to put your side across for obtaining one of these badges. New Age Boxing at Outlook.com. Spirit only managed to send it to the wrong email address the first time round. Because he was so stoned. Which is testament to how stoned he was at the time. So appreciate, respect that. Um, I want your applications and we will dish out the rest of these badges. Philippines, Czech Republic, India and Australia. New Age Boxing at Outlook.com. The more mental, the better. Yeah. Like, I want proper mental as well this time around. Yeah. I want tie and booth times tie and booth. Well, given the some of the stuff I've seen on Twitter before of, and frankly, it doesn't have to be much, but if there's a way to take the piss out of somebody, the imagination of some of the people that I know are listening to this podcast... The, the imagination they have to create either gifs or some sort of meme that takes the piss out of something is mind-blowing. We have some incredible listeners for their creativity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's 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 got to be within Game your wheelhouse. Up. Most people would have stopped listening by now. I appreciate that. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's time for us I'll to stop. Watch Peaky Blinders. Rabbiting. Thank you very much for listening. And we will, will we see him next week? Maybe, not, maybe not. not. I'm not, not in any great week, rush. I am. Okay. Possibly. We might see you next week. Am I not? Might not. We'll see. (laughs) Au revoir. Thank you for listening. Bye.